Oh, my computer crashed. Oh no, I've got a virus. Oh, no way, no internet connection. Do you need help? Call IT Mayday. 647-977-7113. ITMayday.com. Sponsored by Bayshore Health. We talked a lot about uh, condo owners' rights. I love Barb Marley. You know, Bob Marley has a fabulous call a song that uh, is really worldwide renowned, and it's "Stand Up for Your Rights." So, if you ever get to a point where you don't feel that you have the um, ability to be able to do that on your own, and you need a little bit of push, you know what? Just put that song on. Listen to it. And uh, maybe it will give you that motivation to say, you know what? Hey, Bob, you're right. Let's do it. (laughs) It's time. The show that uh, I touched on it briefly, Global News, what had happened was is that there is a condominium here in Mississauga. And if you recall, a couple of months ago, we had a horrific flood all over. I mean, it affected an awful lot of people. And, you know, of course, insurance policies had to step in. And now, of course, repairs have had to be done. And now, of course, the infrastructure of the different cities are coming to the forefront. I mean, they've had it under under review and they've had it under consideration. However, for the the density of that flood in, in how much water and how much happened and how much damage was done, I'm sure it's been put front row center now in order to address it on a different light and see where we could improve the situation and certainly not run into that kind of a thing again. However, the condominium in Mississauga, what had happened was, is they had their flood and unfortunately it affected their elevator systems and, or their elevators. And the, uh, so the elevator crew was called in. The building has a large amount of seniors living in that building. And I'm going to tell you that that condo building is lovely. It is an absolutely beautiful condominium. The people that own in that condominium or, and, or rent in that condominium, they love the complex. I mean, they love the amenities. They love the building. They love the location. You know, they, obviously it was affordable for them to purchase when they did purchase into it. So, you know, we're not talking about a slum here. We're talking about an absolutely gorgeous property that people would be proud. Anybody tomorrow that decided that they wanted to buy in there would be very proud to purchase in there. But right now, the problem is, is that they have elevators that are not functional. And that was a result of the flood. Now, let's go a little bit deeper. And, you know, and I want to make it clear to anyone that's listening to the show, you know, when when owners are reaching out for help, okay, the fear of declining their value of their real estate is not a, a, a proper fear. As you know, I have been a real estate representative, sales representative um, with Sutton Group Quantum Realty here in Mississauga. And I've been a sales agent now since 1979. Now, you know, that's like 33, almost 34 years. And November is going to be 34 years. And as a professional, and also I'm, I'm actually the top 1% in Sutton Group. 
So as a professional and extremely experienced agent, I can tell you that it does not hurt. It does not hurt your value. I can tell you what does hurt your value. What does hurt your value is when you don't step forward. Number one, you don't watch what's going on. Number two, you don't go to your AGMs. Number three, you don't pay attention to your financials. So in other words, when you do have the package arriving from the age, uh, just prior to the AGM, you don't take the time to even take a look at your operating budgets and your expenditures and kind of familiarize yourself with how that building is operating in a financial light. What is also wrong is when you don't pay attention to what the reserve funds are. So you have no idea how much is in the kitty for things that need to be addressed and repaired or maintained or whatever in the future. And last and not least is that it is definitely wrong when you know that you have a problem with a board of directors and or a property manager and you sit still and you're quiet. Now you have the answers of why maintenance fees get out of control and potentially could reduce the value of your property. So I'm going to go back to this, uh, this property. As I mentioned, there's a lot of seniors that do live in the building. And unfortunately, there was one senior in particular that had to be carried down the stairs because of medical issues by the fire firemen and because these elevators are not working. Now, it's been two and a half months. So I have to clap my hands to the owners that got together and decided to contact the Condo Owners Association and the media and the press. Because I think what you've done is fantastic. And I really sincerely wish that everybody out there would take heed of my comments and do the exact same thing. The sad part about this situation is, is that not only are they now without an elevator for two and a half months, but they've also had a fairly substantial increase in their maintenance fees. And, you know, and the interesting part about it is, is that the property manager and the board of directors have not, during these last two months, they have not carried on fair communication with the owners. In fact, they haven't communicated with them at all. They haven't even given them step-by-step explanations of what the delay is or what the problems are. Now, that is totally intolerable and it is definitely unacceptable. That should not be happening. See, the board of directors are a volunteer. There's no question about that. And sometimes, yes, it can be a thankless job. But if you've accepted that position, then you have a fiduciary duty on, on behalf of the condo corporation to operate the business and the affairs of the corporation in a professional manner. And if you're incapable of doing that, then like I said earlier, you should be stepping down because there is director's liability insurance. And so if a director does make an error or makes a mistake or maybe uses some degree of misjudgment in something, they do have an insurance. However, the insurance, I would say, would be compromised if you've done anything intentionally, and certainly if you've gotten bored on a position that you have absolutely no knowledge about. So now is that an intentional thing? Like why did you even become involved as a board of directors if you don't even know anything about a board? Because maybe it's time to learn a little bit and then we can shoot over to the property manager and say, okay, fine. 
you know, as I've mentioned in the past, Minister McCharles has stepped forward and she announced that property managers, now it's mandatory training. Well, that's fine and dandy, but uh, we don't have a new condo act just yet. And there's a time span between now and when it was uh, actually goes through the entire process of being approved. So in the interim, why do we have condominium buildings when there's 587,000 units in the province of Ontario and owners out there that may not even know if their property manager that they have in their condominium right now has proper courses and or any degree of knowledge. Knowledge is an interesting thing, isn't it? Because you see, you can say, okay, I'm very knowledgeable because I took a course, or I'm very knowledgeable because I have a long-term experience. Now, my real estate experience and my knowledge, because we're mandated to take courses, and our courses are mandated out of the Real Estate Council of Ontario. And that gives us our refresher courses, but experience, you can't put a dollar value on experience. Having watched the market all these years and seeing what's been transpiring within condominiums and different condominiums that have had lawsuits because they've had damage in their undergrounds or they've had structural problems or the mortar on their building did not bond or I'm talking about major, major deficiencies that have actually affected the path of value for those properties. So this particular condominium, from what I understand, now all of a sudden things are rolling forward. But it brings me to another question. If an elevator company knows that there's a particular uh, item, you know, like a part that has to be able to, that works the system, then why would it be out of stock? Shouldn't that be a part that should be readily available if it's, it's going to be that important of a part? I, I really find it very difficult to understand why a building would not have an elevator for two and a half months on the basis of an elevator company saying, well, you know, I'm sorry, but we can't fix it because we don't have the part. There are so many ways to stock certain things. Maybe, maybe it's time to check all over to see if somebody else maybe has the part. I'll put a shout out. If there's any elevator companies out there that have that particular part in stock right now, please contact me, Linda at Linda Pinizzato, P-I-N-I-Z-Z-O-T-T-O dot com. I would think under these circumstances, maybe all the elevator companies should step forward and say, yes, you know what? We understand the predicament here and you know what? We're going to try to help. So this is about working together. You know, when you live in a condominium, it's about working together, living together. I mean, you know, you're, you have to have a community relationship with one another. And the stronger the community relationship is, the better performance that the building will have and or the townhouse. And certainly the more value that building will also dictate because everything is controlled. There's transparency, there's governance, there's accountability, there's all the important things to make a corporation work. Think about this for a moment. Let's, let's take our mind off of a residential condominium and or, you know, maybe a commercial condominium. We're talking about corporations. So think about all the various corporations out there, the Coca-Cola Corporation, like you think about all the big business, multi-billion dollar companies. Would they be operating like that? Are they going to have a board of directors that don't know what's going on and have absolutely no knowledge? Are they then going to hire staff 
to manage their affairs, yet the staff has absolutely no training and no understanding of anything. Maybe they don't even speak English. And that's not a, uh, you know, a comment that is geared to anybody in particular. But if you have a mechanism within your board that is causing difficulty between, you know, the board members to understand one another, and if there is somebody on the board that is not affluent to the English language, and the English language is, is the main language used within that demographics of the board, then yes, I'm afraid you do have a problem. Because People need to understand what's put on the table. So direct, common, courtesy, communication, and certainly understanding one's language has to be available within a, the demographics of a board of directors. So let's talk about property manager for a minute. I really need to clear this up. Because another problem that we have is people send in their emails and they complain about the property manager. And they complain and complain and complain. And they don't, you know, like, it's great. It, it may make you feel good because you've just turned around and you've contacted COA, you've contacted me, and now you've sent through the complaint. And, you know, and as, and sometimes it's kind of funny, when I'm on a telephone call, honestly, the voice gets louder, the adrenaline gets racier, faster. All of a sudden, when someone called on one issue. Now they're explaining 10 different issues. Now they're going back a year. They're going back two years. Now they're talking about their neighbor. Now they're talking about how their friend has a problem. All of a sudden, you know, this one complaint conversation went from one little comment and it just literally exploded. I can feel the frustration over the telephone lines. I can actually feel it. And I actually have to stop people from doing that. I have to actually stop them and say, whoa, wait a minute, hold on just one second. Just that. Okay. Okay. I feel it. I can see it. I mean, you have frustration. I can see it. Why on earth have you let it go this long that now that you're at a point, because what you're doing right now, even, even the fact that you're explaining it to me, the way you're explaining it is not healthy. Living under stressed circumstances and frustration in your own home is not healthy. So, you know, so we go back to the problems that are out there. And again, I have to address fear because honestly, these problems would be addressed much quicker and probably a lot more satisfactory throughout the entire building if the board of directors and the property managers knew that they had to be accountable to those condo owners, residents, that are living in the building, whether you're a tenant or an owner. Because guess what? All of you at the same time are going to either knock on the door or phone them. They're going to get inundated because you're working together as a community. And by the way, all of you are registered with the Condo Owners Association. And, you know, you get perks. That's the interesting part about it. You know, I mean, the minute that you register and you support COA, you now have the ability to obtain 15 to 30% off on the next purchase at the brick. So now the uh, Allstate Insurance of Canada, they've, they have launched a fabulous contest called the Condo Hero. So someone who's in your building that has done really good things for you, they've made an impact and a difference on your life and could be considered a condo hero to you, go ahead and nominate them. 
you may win $2,500 and they may win $2,500. And oh, by the way, shout out, I'm a judge as well as the CEO of Allstate Insurance of Canada. So, and also Brad Lamb. So, you know, absolutely. I think that, you know, that's stepping forward and understanding now, like let's touch this insurance issue. Some boards go ahead and change their policies because they want to save on the deductibles. They don't even tell the owners that. I had another question actually a couple of weeks ago, and that was an interesting one because it asked uh, about whether or not door locks are a responsibility, like, you know, your doors locks um, in the uh, building, whether or not they're the responsibility of the corporation or whether or not they're the owner's responsibility. Well, put it this way. If the corporation does not have access into your unit for some reason, say, say all of a sudden smoke is coming from your unit, but you're not home. Do we really want the firemen to break down the doors on three or four or six or 10 different units to try to find out where it's coming from. We have access keys and those access fees keys fit the locks. So therefore, yes, the locks are the responsibility of the corporation. However, that's only if it's in the declaration. Now, some of these older buildings, it's not in your declaration. It's not identified whose responsibility it is. So please take a look at your declaration. That's the condo documents. Find out what's in place in your building. Because if it's not in the declaration, because, you know, your building is older, many of the newer buildings do have it in there. It's a very high probability that it doesn't exist. You don't have a policy. So if you don't have a policy, the board will deem that the locks are the owner's responsibility because there's no paperwork. There's no bylaw in place. There's no declaration that's uh, explaining that in place. And you could also put out any board of directors out there, put out a rule. It's so simple to create a rule basically stating that the condo corporation is responsible for the locks on the exterior of the door and so on is all. If anything happens on the interior of the unit, example, if uh, you have hardwood floors or parquet and they've lifted and it's preventing the door from opening, well, then that's the owner's problem. But the locks itself should be identified as far as responsibility. And how does the board pass that? It's so simple. A board creates a rule They then take that rule and they can, if they have email contacts for everybody, they can uh, contact their owners that way. They can post notices uh, within the building that this is the new rule. They can, you know, put that notification at everyone's door or they can mail it out. And if no one in the building objects within a 30-day period of time, then that's it. The rule is in place and now every one of you is protected in that building. Because now you understand what the guidelines are. So if something happens to your lock, you're not responsible. And you also know that safety measures and certainly accountability that this board of directors is working on your behalf and on behalf of the corporation has been brought right to the forefront because they've addressed something that actually seems very small, but it's not small. They've got to get inside those units. And the other thing they have to get into the units for is fan coil replacement, maybe checking the fire systems, maybe doing cleaning up inside the uh, vent systems. It would be nice to know, you know, what the responsibility of that lock is all about and how the whole thing works and how much access that they have available for themselves. 
You're listening to Linda Pinizzato at The Condo Expert, sponsored by Bayshore Health and Wellbeing, and we're at the studio at the Hayes FM. Thank you. We'll be right back. <music> 